Do you have trouble expressing your love to God as an adult child of divorce? This is something that was revealed to me just recently in my spiritual walk as an adult child of divorce, and I'd like to explore this topic with you today on Heart in a Drawer, the podcast for adult children of divorce. Welcome back to Heart in a Drawer. It's been a while since I made a new episode. I am your host, Sarah Geringer, and I'm glad to be back with you. Just being transparent with you, I have been going through a season of grief, and I didn't really have the emotional bandwidth to make new episodes. However, I am experiencing healing in my journey, and so now I'm ready to come back with you and make new episodes to help you heal and to help me heal too. So this is something I've been thinking about for the last few weeks. I was reflecting on a lesson that I had after I talked with my friend Elaine, who led me through the throne room prayer. Now, you might not have caught that episode, but if you haven't, I encourage you to go back to the show notes and listen to the episode titled How to Do a Throne Room Prayer because it was very powerful. I think it has impacted a lot of my listeners, so I hope that you will enjoy that too. Well, one of the things that Elaine did with me after we talked about that, she recommended a book to me. It is actually out of print, but I ordered it from Amazon as a used book, and it has been transformational in my spiritual journey. Now, you have to realize Elaine recommended this book to me when I was already a Christian blogger. I was an aspiring author. I had gone to Christian school, gone to a private Christian college. My story is I've been a church-going Christian every Sunday ever since I was a little girl. So I was surprised that she said, I think you need this book. It's called The Love Exchange. And basically, it's learning to show God love from your heart through prayer and making a private exchange between you and the Lord. And I didn't take offense at her suggestion. I was just very curious of, well, haven't I demonstrated with my life that I do love God? Well, when I started reading this book, I realized there was a whole other aspect to loving God that I had never explored really in my 40 years or so of being a Christian at that time. And it has really changed everything for me and been a key part of my healing as an adult child of divorce. So one of the reasons that this came back to my mind recently is I was listening to a podcast by my personal friend, Dr. Michelle Bengston, And it was about how to spot a narcissist in your life. And it was a very helpful episode. I will also link that 
in the show notes and I have plans to make my own episode about dealing with family members who have mental or personality disorders. So stay tuned for that content coming up in a few weeks. One of the things that Dr. Michelle said in this podcast is, if you have experienced the emotional abuse or trauma of living with a parent or authority figure in your life who has narcissistic traits or even a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, you might very well feel unloved by your parents just because the treatment is so targeted against you, even though it's not based on anything that you are doing wrong or that you aren't doing right. It's because they have a problem inside, but that is very difficult for us to discern as children growing up in those homes, especially if we're dealing with the additional trauma of divorce. So I have been pondering this idea and I was thinking about my ACE score too. I've done an episode on that in the past. I'll link that in the show notes. And so the higher your ACE score, the more trauma you have to process. And I have a huge amount of trauma from my childhood due to addiction and mental disorders. And so I've been thinking about how did that affect the way that I felt love from God, but also expressed love to him. So one thing I've been thinking about is I think on a subconscious level, as a girl, I believed I could express my love through good works or good attitudes. And I do believe that is one way that we can show it. Jesus clearly says, if you love me, obey my commands. And we have to do that if we are living the Christian life. So I focused really more on the second half of that, of obeying his commands to the nth degree. And I don't think that is the heart of what Jesus was trying to communicate. I believe that when you truly love someone and you can relax in a setting of unconditional love, you're going to do things that please them and honor them just organically out of the way that you feel because you respect them so much and you treasure them so much. And I was examining this when I was going through this book called The Love Exchange. And I just want to read you a little part of it from page 100. I have it bookmarked. I've come back to this several times. And it talks about the willingness to receive God's love so that we can express our love to him. So the author writes, In response to our willingness to receive his love, God is able to express his love in even deeper ways. The receiving of his love enables us then to walk in his spirit of love and not in our own strength. Our capacity to receive his love deepens as we continually pour our love on him. Experiencing this infilling of God's love and our loving him in return, the love exchange, we are then encouraged to continue our daily walk with him and to reach out to others in love. 
So she outlines a three-step course of action. Number one, begin expressing to God your love for him all through the day. Write out one of the love verses so you can refer to it during the day. Number two, look over your schedule and find at least 10 minutes for a quiet time to experience the love exchange daily. Be as regular as you can. Number three, discuss the busyness of your schedule with someone and discover why you are so overextended. Be accountable to that person for your quiet time. And then she keeps going on about living out of the false self. I'm just going to read a little portion of this because there's a huge amount of meat in this book and I really recommend that you get your own copy of it. She says, Living out of the false self and not knowing who I really am in God is the result of poor self-esteem. This is a serious barrier, but I am seeing people grow in loving themselves as they begin to find out God loves them. Psalm 4.4 says, Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. In other words, there is an act of getting in touch with myself, a process where I grow in self-knowledge about who I am. So I hope that's what my podcast does for you. It helps you grow in self-knowledge so that you can see where you're at and then see where you're at with God. I can tell you at first, and it was just so ironic to me when I started practicing this love exchange after 40 years of being a Christian. I would sit in my bed and pray, and it was awkward for me to say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus, which is so crazy because the most repeated song when I was a young girl in my Lutheran school was Jesus loves me. I know that you have heard that before and I could sing it from memory at any given moment and yet it hadn't reached the depths of my heart and I think that experiencing my love for God came not just from hearing it outwardly through the Bible through those songs, through all the teachings that I had heard over the years, it was actually saying it back to him, like making it part of my daily prayer practice. And this started to heal me in the deepest places because it was like I was saying, I'm not going to believe the lies that I received when I was young, that I was unloved and unaccepted for who I was. I am going to state my love for God based on who he is and that will help me receive his love and it really did work. Now, I want to tell you about something new I'm doing this year. I'm writing a new prayer poem every single day on my blog and I'm titling them Lord of the Liminal Space because I'm in this in-between space, this liminal space between recovering from my divorce and then whatever healing God has for me in the future. I'm exploring the names and characteristics of God as I discover them in the one-year Bible readings every single day. I get up and I write this post based on my reflection of reading that, and so I'm hoping that if you're struggling in this area, that might be helpful to you as well. So you can go to the show notes, check out the link to go explore 
those names and characteristics of God with me and I hope they'll be healing to you. Now I have something else I wanted to read to you. I was going through some papers in a drawer recently and I had written down notes from a sermon by Dr. Charles Stanley from January 13th, 2013. So it's been sitting in my drawer for 10 years. His sermon was titled Loving God, and I will try to do some research on the In Touch website and find that old sermon for you. But if I can't find it, I just want to tell you what I wrote down because I feel like Dr. Stanley does a great job of exposing the reasons that we might struggle with expressing our love to God, even if we've been Christians for a long time. He says, misconceptions about loving God. Number one, we are fearing him instead of loving him. Number two, we are needy of him instead of loving him. Number three, we mistake serving God for loving him. Number four, we mistake giving to God with loving him. And number five, we mistake sharing about God with loving him. I can honestly tell you for most of my life, all of those things were true. If you had asked me, do you love God? I would have said absolutely without question, but I was confusing it because I was making it about actions rather than a relationship. Dr. Stanley continues with his teaching, why people don't love God. Number one, they don't know him. Number two, they fear him. They're afraid of him. Number three, they feel uncomfortable about God. Number four, they would have to change their lifestyle. Number five, it inhibits their conduct. Number six, it makes them feel uncertain about the future in regards to death and the afterlife. And number seven, because of painful life circumstances. So I think it's safe to say all of us listening to this podcast can say, yes, number seven, painful life circumstances resonates with me as a child of divorce. And I can tell you that was true in my case. So then he makes an excellent point. He says, remember the first and greatest commandment. So remember Someone approached Jesus and asked him, what is the first and greatest commandment? And he said, well, first, it is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit, right? That's the first and greatest commandment. But then he said, now the second commandment is just as important, which is love your neighbor as yourself, okay? So that's what Jesus said. Now, Dr. Stanley comments on this. He says, The second commandment, which is to love others, is impossible without the first, which is to love God. And probably the first is easier to learn than the second. I see so much hope in that, that as we do this daily love exchange, that we can learn to love God. We can learn to build our relationship with him one day at a time, and that will help us to become more loving to others. I can honestly tell you that has been a struggle for me most of my life, thinking I want to be able to love others more, but I don't really know how to do that. And I can tell you after practicing the love exchange, 
it not only built my love relationship with the Lord, it helped me love myself more, which is a huge task to learn how to do as adult children of divorce, especially if we've been in abusive situations. We've got to learn to reprogram the lies that we've heard about ourselves and start to love ourselves the way that God loves us so that we can love others. So I really am encouraged that Dr. Stanley said that we can learn how to love God and that's easier than learning how to love other people. But when we start there, it flows into the second. So I just want to make a couple more points from his sermon. He says, why should we love God? What are the reasons? So number one is he created us. Number two is he sent Jesus into the world to reveal himself. Number three, he's committed to never leave us. And that's really important for us as adult children of divorce with the fear of abandonment always kind of looming in our consciousness. Number four, he supplies all our needs. Number five, he answers our prayers. Number six, he forgives our sins. Number seven, he fills us with the Holy Spirit. Number eight, he has prepared a place for us in heaven. Number nine, he will give us a resurrected body. And number 10, we can have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is one of the most important things that I've gained from following Dr. Stanley for years and years. He really focuses on having a personal relationship with God. And his focus on that led me to a born-again experience when I was 15 years old. So it's been very integral in my faith life. And I believe that starting this love exchange when I was in my early 40s really enhanced that personal relationship I started with God when I was a teenager. So finally, Dr. Stanley lays out what happens when we truly love God. What does that look like? Well, number one, we want to obey him. Number two, we want to serve him. Number three, we will share him with others. Number four, we will trust him. Number five, we will fellowship with him. Number six, we will worship him. Number seven, we will give to him. Number eight, we will defend him. Number nine, we meditate on his word. And number 10, we are willing to suffer for him. You know, when I hear that list of characteristics, I think of a mature Christian. I think of someone who is able to serve others because their heart is so full of God's love that they have so much to share. And I think we all aspire to be that way. I don't know where you are at in your walk with God right now. I can tell you in the last year, it was the first time in my life that I actually felt unloved by God. I'm being extremely vulnerable by saying that with you. I was under such spiritual warfare on top of grief, on top of betrayal trauma. I think I was in such a low place. I thought, if all of this is happening to me and God could stop it, does he really love me? And I'm just telling you that not only because God is leading me to say it, 
but because I want you to know that I think doubting God's love for you is probably a very, very normal part of working through your trauma as an adult child of divorce. And I just want to affirm and validate your feelings in that area if you've struggled in that way. And I also want to say I'm on the other side of that. I don't feel like that anymore. And it really helped to talk about it with my counselor. One thing my counselor said in regards to that is it's obvious that the devil doesn't want me to heal, doesn't want me to thrive, doesn't want me to serve other people. And so he is doing everything he can to defeat me and make me feel like I should just go hide in the closet, throw in the towel, and stop doing what I'm doing as an author, writer, speaker, but also just as an everyday Christian. And I also know that no matter what, you are under attack by Satan too. He doesn't want you to be healed. He doesn't want to see you get past these stuck points in your past due to the trauma that you experienced from your parents' divorce. However, God wants to set you free, and everything I've told you today is true. It's truth that doesn't change no matter what our feelings are. And if we choose to not just believe it, but live it out, we can finally experience the healing that we are seeking. And it has worked for me, and I know that it can work for you. So I'm just going to leave you with a short challenge, and then I'm going to pray for you as we end this episode. One thing that I'm asking you to do, even before you order this book, which I hope that you're able to find, is to just take time every single day for the next, let's just say, week, and then add a week every time after that. Every single day, take some time in your prayers and say, I love you, Lord. These are the reasons why I love you. And I know it might feel awkward at first. It did for me. But the more you do it, the more you actually say it, and I say it out loud. So I challenge you to do that yourself. It makes it more real, I think, to hear it with your own voice rather than just inside your head. Speak it out loud every day, and you're going to start believing it the more that you say it. And as you're saying the reasons why you love God, you can reflect on his faithfulness to you. And that's what God told the Israelites to do. So it applies to us as well to remember all the good things he's done in your life, all the ways that he has protected you and been there for you, even when other people weren't. And it's good to look back on that and see the love that he showed you through your circumstances or through other people. That is very encouraging to me. And it's good to kind of say that out loud when I'm talking with God. So I'm challenging you to do that in your daily prayer walk with God in the next week. I just want to close this episode with prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. The prayer of so many people has carried me through this difficult, difficult past year. And if you have prayed for me, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And so I just want to pray for you 
as we end this episode. Father, I know that it can be hard for us as adult children of divorce to receive your love, but also to express our love to you. But I also know from my own experience, this has been a key part of my healing. And I know that you've put this on my heart to share with my listeners so that they can experience this unique healing as well. So I'm praying for all of my listeners right now. I pray, Lord, that they will start doing this practice. I pray that they will push through any awkwardness they feel. I pray that as they are reflecting on the good things that you've done in their lives, that they will gain encouragement and they will connect with who you are, your character that never changes despite the chaos of the circumstances that they faced growing up and may even face right now in their families. And so, Lord, I pray that as they tell you that they love you every day in the coming weeks, that you will just create healing spaces in their hearts, Lord, and you will build that connection between you and them so that they can learn to love themselves greater and love other people, their families, their co-workers, their people in their church, all the people that surround them, that they would be filled up with your love and able to love others in a whole new way because they've received this healing through the love exchange. And I thank you for this opportunity, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so grateful that I'm healed enough to come back and produce these episodes for you. If you want to leave a podcast review, that would be a great way for more people to discover it. And what I care about even more than that is that you share it with someone else who needs to hear this message. All of us know another adult child of divorce who is struggling in private ways. And you can just say, look, I don't even know if this episode applies to you, but I encourage you to just take a listen anyhow. Just be bold in doing that, and the Lord will bless your efforts for doing so. Also, I just want to remind you, if you ever have a private prayer request, I am here for you. You go to the contact page that's linked in my show notes, and I keep all of those prayers in confidence. It's my honor and my joy to pray for you. So until next time, I will be praying God's peace and healing for you in your journey as a child of divorce, and I look forward to joining you again on Heart in a Drawer again very soon. God's blessings to you. Bye-bye.